welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today is Alex. Hello. And Brian. Hey. It's been a minute, but uh, we are now in 2024, so we are going to do our top five of 2023. If any of us actually made it through five whole games, probably <laughs> not. Uh, but before we get to all of that, you can find all the places you can listen to the show. Check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, and Corey Z for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. I don't know what we're going to talk about this time or if we're even doing a Side Quest this time necessarily. But we could talk about how Alex started 3D printing, possibly. Or he also watched the first episode of True Detective season, whatever it is, four. Uh, I haven't watched that yet. And also, the Lions are in the fucking playoffs. So, suck it, world. We're coming for you. This is the most I've ever cared about football in my entire life at the ripe (laughs) old age of 39. So... Uh, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the horror movie yearbook boys have announced their next two movies. The first of which coming up, I believe, later this week is Adam Green's Frozen, a 2010 film uh, that looks very cold. Uh, so please check that one out. And then after that, they're doing the 1990. 1990- Lord of the Flies adaptation um, with James Badge Dale, who's a great actor from a little show called Rubicon that nobody watched. So please yeah, I was like, check who? out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was in one season of 24 um, and the show Rubicon and Nick and I are the only two people that have ever watched that show. So, um, okay. Check out those horror movie yearbook episodes when they're out uh they also just did a tiny tear about their most anticipated horror films of 2024 so please check that out horrormovieyearbook.com <laughs> i just think of the guys at the network uh for that rubicon movie being or at the studio like what what are we looking at and they're like two we got two down <laughs> two well, the people watched is, this the problem is neither of us watched it when it aired either uh we both pirated it (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got two in the books for a long time there it was impossible to find it's a show it's an amc show um that was like in the early days of like mad men and breaking bad actually hitting um and like being massive successes so rubicon was one of the next ones out the gate and it just didn't catch on but it's a fucking awesome show and it's a disappointment that it didn't catch on. So. Is it science fiction? No, it's like um, it's more like like CIA tradecraft kind of spy fuckery, like conspiracy bullshit, and like yeah. post post nine uh, eleven conspiracy type situation. Um, and there's some really great characters in it, and it's very good i think it is available on amc plus now so you don't have to pirate it maybe yeah, so if enough we, of we us could watch it, it and, and maybe like you know dissect it on a weird t- tinfoil hat spectrum of 
Yeah, we could finally break into the alt-right podcasting world, and uh, God, wouldn't that be great? January Just... 6th. <laughs> <laughs> then we oh, can yeah. play that uh, Alex Jones game that Brian posted about. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> and then maybe we'll get the ads for the male enhancement pills and things finally. It'll all I'm all really looking together. forward to the MyPillow endorsement is what I'm looking for. Because <laughs> I could use some new pillows <laughs> with better support. Oh, Anyways, uh, top five of 2023. Did you make yeah. a bumper that you wanted to use for that? I didn't. I'm sorry. I had so much time and I did nothing. Uh, I think last year I took random numbers out of songs as they were sung. And I don't even think I have that saved on the roadcaster anymore. Yeah, so. that's okay. Yeah. Um, you wanted to start with um, Jason K's top five, right? Yeah, so we asked people to write in. We heard from Jason K, friend of the show, and from Willie for a uh, 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 fellow podcast network uh, colleague. Um, so Jason K had his top five. We'll start in reverse order. Number five, I played high on life through the winter break of the 22-23 school year, and I didn't end up beating the game until the middle of March because there was a game-breaking glitch that happened if you saved and quit at a certain checkpoint right at the end of the game. They patched it at some point, and I went back and beat it. Thought it was very fun and pretty challenging shooter game on on a few of the boss fights. I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan, so the game had me cracking up the whole time. Um, Number four, I played a ton of Loop Hero this summer. Shout out to Loop Hero. Uh, I played it on all three of my family's Xbox accounts to rack up Microsoft Rewards points. I found Loop Hero to be a pleasantly challenging and surprisingly complex game. I need to go back to Loop Hero. That game is really, really good. Um, Number three, uh, he said, MLB The Show 2023 had an awesome feature that lets you play as a two-way player on the road to the show, which has always been my favorite game mode for the show. Um, the ability to pitch and hit really accelerates your ability to improve your player, which made the mode even more fun to me. I thought the game had the best dynamic difficulty that any MLB the show game has had too. Um, and then, uh, number two, I believe Diablo four was a ton of fun. Just beating the game and doing all the things on the map with my friends that I used to play Diablo two with forever ago. Haven't played through since beating the game and I haven't wanted to really. Then he said, number one, my wife and I have played through 75% of Spiritfarer together on Couch Co-op. It's a wonderful little game. I don't think it will have the replayability that Stardew Valley has for us, but it's been a ton of fun and made me cry multiple times. Um, great list. I think only one of them came out in 2023, but that's okay. It's his top five. So Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Personal top five, and, and it's a good... I think I've only played Loop Hero, honestly. I wanted to play... Oh, he had Diablo 4 and MLB The Show 2023, so that's two. Two out of five ain't, ain't bad for 2023. Yeah. Um, I I played Spirit Fair a little bit when it came out. It seemed interesting, but... I heard good things about it. I just never checked it out. I think it was on Game Pass for a long time. I'm not sure if it still is, though. So... I'm sure it's yeah. pretty cheap at this point, though. A small indie game like that. But no, great great top five, Jason K. Thank you very much for mm-hmm. writing in. 
Um, and then Willie said, I don't play a lot of games lately, but here's my top three. <laughs> said, Bluey the Game, a delightful co-op campaign of finding treasures and collecting stickers with my five-year-old. Uh, number two is Astabros, another co-op gen, gem. One part Castlevania, a dash of Mega Man, and some roguelike elements. Delightful. That oh. sounds great. I don't even know that I've heard of that game. Um, and then WrestleQuest, a turn-based RPG set in the world of pro wrestling, as awesome as it sounds. I know, John, you checked out that one a I little did. bit uh, via Comcast. Shout out to Comcast. Just kidding. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Eat a dick, Comcast. Eat a whole bag of dicks. I agree. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Willie, great top three. Um, I like the amount of dad representation that we've got in these two responses of like, not all new games, not even necessarily five whole games, but yes, you know. clearly we get as as much game time as we do sleep now. <laughs> yeah, um, but Jason K also did say I forgot to mention his disclaimer games. He hasn't played Baldur's Gate three or Tears of the Kingdom, so um, I look forward to hearing about those on his twenty twenty four list. Twenty twenty five, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, yeah. Baldur's Gate might take a while. <laughs> He's gonna have to wait until the next like break, like the next winter break. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it'll it'll yep. be twenty four, twenty five break. And I'll uh, thank those you are both. good. Yeah, thank you both. Good, good lists from both of you. Appreciate the input. Um, um we didn't I, discuss beforehand. Do we want to do the same rule where if it comes up higher on somebody's yeah. list, then we don't talk about it until? We don't yeah, fully discuss it. Okay. So if somebody says something and it's on your list higher, stop them. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Now that that's out of the way. All right. I'll Who just hit a random start? button and that's going to be our bumper. All right. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. It could not have been more perfect than that. <laughs> there we go. All right. Top five of 2023. <laughs> All right, All right, who's who's starting? Number five. John, you start. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who played it out of the three of us. That's true. It's not higher on my list. Please uh, feel free. I do, I do wish I had played more of it. Uh, I, I think I played, I played this, I played Hogwarts Legacy more than everything on my list except for my number one, mm. which is crazy, but it, it's... If you're into Harry Potter lore and which I'm really not, but the game is a lot of fun. There's just a lot to do. There it's it's like it's almost overkill, but I think anybody who loves Harry Potter will absolutely just suck every bit of life out of that entire game and enjoy every second of it. So, um that's that's my number 5 Hogwarts Legacy. Nice. I feel like it I feel like I haven't heard people bring it up much recently i don't well, know that it nobody got wants much... to everybody hates jk rowling now and i really just don't care about her but it, like i feel like and, it uh, sold really well but it didn't show up in any like big game of the year discussions maybe i'm wrong maybe i, I like i really only am exposed i, I to, mean like... at its at its core it's an open <clears throat> world game you know mm-hmm. like it's a, it's very much a fetch quest open world game with like harry potter sprinkled all over it and some of it is really cool and some of it's kind of boring but like Overall, again, if you're into Harry Potter, you probably love every second of it. But the people who aren't like Harry Potter stands are just going to be like, I don't 
care about this. Yeah. And I, I'm coming at it from someone who enjoyed what Harry Potter movies I have seen. I've been to Hogwarts and Universal Studios and really enjoyed it. You know, like I'm not like obsessed with Harry Potter by any means, but this was on my most anticipated list and it I I enjoyed what I played of it and wish I would have taken more time to play more, but as we all know, time is uh very limited. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, uh Brian, what's your number five? Um Well let me start off by saying this is probably the first year since we started doing this, that I really struggled to even think of five games I played this year. <laughs> like, enough, played enough to make a top five, I should say. Yeah. And uh, that really bums me out. Wasn't really my plan to game as little as I have. Or just keep playing the same things over and over again as much as I have. Like PUBG and Call of Duty. <laughs> but, uh... I'm going to cheat a bit. My whole list is games that I am nowhere near finishing. I can tell you that. (laughs) I'd say I probably got close to finishing two of them. But uh, I'm going to go number five is actually an expansion pack, and it's not even a real game. It's the Phantom Liberty expansion for Cyberpunk, because it feels like its own game in a way. Nice. It's its own self-contained story and just the way they patched the game before the expansions release too it makes the game feel new again. With all the stuff I, they I added still and never the change even got in the skill the, tree. I never even got to the Phantom Liberty stuff because I just got so sucked into driving around and doing other things. Like <laughs> I started to do that and then I was like, uh, I'm gonna check out Phantom Liberty. But then I was having issues with my PC and it took me a little while to realize what it was, and it was only affecting me when I played really performance um, intensive intensive games, yeah, like Cyberpunk uh, and even Baldur's Gate, it would happen. I'd have these weird slowdowns, but I, I fixed it. I got a new cooler. It works. That was the problem. Damn Ryzen 5800Xs get super hot, and apparently my cooler couldn't handle it. Damn. Uh, so yeah, no more slideshow, you know, two frames a second bullshit happening anymore. So that'll That's help. Uh, I do hope to dabble in that more. From what I saw of it, though, it's pretty cool. It starts off like in a way more exciting fashion, I feel, than Cyberpunk does. Um, Yeah, that's all. Cool. My number five is Dead Space 2023. Um, Spoiler alert. Resident Evil 4 is not on my top five. So this is the horror remake that I selected to go with because it feels the most secretly reinventive of what the original game was because it's not it very much evokes a lot of the feelings that you had playing Dead Space in 2008. But I feel like it enhances and embellishes and takes everything out of like survival horror and third-person shooter that has come before it and incorporates it into um, 
this remake of Dead Space, and it's just great. It's incredible. I think I played it. I played through it twice, like right away, because it's so good. Hmm. And um, and how long I, is it? I think it's under. I think my first playthrough was under 18 hours, and then my second one was much shorter because I skipped a lot of stuff. It was just like, you know, collecting what I needed to collect and getting through it. I think I was, I I feel like there were collectibles or things that I was trying to get, and then I wanted to get some of the trophies as well, and um, it's just... uh, it's a great experience. It's so very good. And I think it's the best of what survival horror can offer you nowadays um, in a lot of ways. So Dead Space 2023 is my number five. John, what's your number four? Uh, number four is Diablo 4. Um, I wish I had spent more time playing this game, just like everything on my list. But uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah. Is it oh is it further up on yours? No, we can wait. But it is my number four as well. I just oh, realized okay. it's the same number. You can say that as well, then. Okay. And you can. You guys can discuss. And it's not I, on your list at all, Alex. Right? Cause correct. You I played like played ten it. seconds of it. Or like, I didn't play any of it. You I played it so it. little that I didn't even know you owned it, or I would have bugged you to play it with me. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I bought it on Xbox for one because I wanted something to well, play on Xbox before it, Starfield it's came out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but I also like, uh, I like it. I like the lore of the Diablo universe. I like the art style. Um, it is in, incredibly fun to play and slightly addictive, but obviously not addictive enough. But it's, um, I, again, like it just, it feels like a lot of game. Like for some reason, I don't know. Like that's that's like a that's an ongoing thing I feel like is I'm just feeling overwhelmed by games in general. Uh, and Diablo four is one that it, there, it, there's a lot of like metagame like to get into. And I just don't have the mental capacity for any of that, especially cause I think that came out. When was that? Was that April? I think Anybody? so. Anybody? I think that's correct. Um, sometime in spring. It was June 5th, so it was like right after, it was like a month into Freddy being born, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely did not have the mental hard, capacity hard for that. to concentrate on anything. So, And that's the thing, is I really wanted that to be the game, because when, when Ellie was born, I played Ghost of Tsushima constantly. Mm-hmm. That was my game I played with her. Like, I would sit, I'd like pop a bottle in her mouth, and I would basically just like do this weird like <laughs> hard style body configuration of holding the bottle in her mouth while holding a controller and played ghost of Tsushima from start to finish. Um, so I was really hoping I'd have another game like that. And I just didn't end up getting that out of anything, but Diablo four was my attempt at that. And I think also part of the issue is that like right after I got it, they started making some pretty drastic changes, like nerfing a lot of things that made it not as fun for people. And that made me just kind of be like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to keep up with all the shit they're about to do to this game. So I just can't. So I, I ended up tuning it out at that point. But um, it sure just, it's in a more stable place now. Probably. If you were to go back to it. Yeah. Um, it's again, it's another 
I like I said, everything on my list, I wish I played more of. Even the games that didn't make the top five, I wish I played more of in general. So, um, but yeah, that's my number four, Diablo Four. Brian, what do you, what do you have to say about Diablo Four? Um, I did really like it. Um, but unlike Diablo games in the past, I definitely felt like I took it kind of slower. I mean, so slow to the point to where I'm not done with it yet. Uh, but I I just. I didn't mind, like, I would just log in, play, like, an hour for the day, and then I'd play a different game for, like, an hour. Um, it is very much I, that sort of game, though. Like, it feels that way, at least, where you can just play it for, like, an hour or two. I specifically remember that, like, playing it for a little bit and, like, doing a couple of quests and then, like, you know, tuning out to go and take care of the kid or whatever I was doing at the time. But, yeah, go Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Um... But yeah, I just feel like uh, it, it is really solid. Like I liked the way they went back to the darker aesthetic. I feel like that's just yeah, the, how the, Diablo the should be. The tone is very um, nice. The, the tone's great. Yeah, the story is actually more involved this time around and a little more mature, I feel like. A little less campy, hokey, whatever you want to call it. Uh there's, I'm partially because Deckard Cain no longer lives, unfortunately. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Diablo three. Sorry. <laughs> Again, not to interrupt, but like to comment on that. Like, I definitely feel like the the transition to the darker tone kind of helped them go down that road because three had a more cartoony feel to it, and yeah. part of part of it was Deckard Cain, I think, and they were kind of. If I recall correctly, some of the cutscenes felt very like Overwatchy, like in presentation. Yeah, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, from a gameplay perspective, Diablo three, after they did a bunch of sh- like work to it and did the expansion and stuff, was awesome. Like it's it's really fun to play multiplayer, especially um, with like the adventure mode they added. But uh, Diablo Four, I didn't really, I haven't really dabbled in multiplayer too much, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, it's it's different now because it's kind of like open worldy, or not open world, shared world, I guess you could say. So there's like open areas where you run into people and cities, you run into other players and stuff. Yeah. It's, but um. So that's different, but I feel like it works with Diablo. Like, uh, there's no real reason not to do it. It's just kind of like a no-brainer thing, because that's a popular style of game right now. They might as well incorporate that. Um, Right. But it's still, you know, it's not quite an MMO. So that's nice. Like, it's a good middle ground. I see um, on, on Business Wire that um, Diablo 4 crosses 666 million sell-through within five days of launch, setting a new Blizzard all-time record. I thought that's kind of cute that they <laughs> announced that. Nice. But Yeah, sorry. I, don't, I, I guess I don't thoughts? really have that much to say about it, other than we should play together sometime. Yeah, well, and their marketing was sick, where they took over that entire abandoned church or whatever, and like Prague or whatever city it was and they made it all satanic that was cool shit like that's that's awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. 
good PR Anyways. team at Activision Blizzard, apparently. Yeah, I mean, they're all, like, <laughs> satanic. Anyways. Um, my number Alex, four. Number four. Is a game called Cocoon. Uh, we talked about it on here um, with Nick, and it's uh, it's just a really incredible, taut indie game puzzler and i still think about some of the puzzle solutions and the way that the game made me feel and just how um mind expanding the experience felt in a lot of ways of just like discovering the mechanics that were put before you but not your hand isn't held through it at all in a lot of ways and um it's very it's just a great achievement for like a new developer. Um, not that, you know, obviously it's X play dead people, but just, um, you know, f- for some of these smaller developers to make these fully featured, fully formed ideas become real. It's just very, um, it's very compelling. And, uh, and I think cocoon is just a great, great game. So people should check it out. I finally played a bit of it. What'd you think? Um, well, the first time I booted it up, I was like, why doesn't it have any sound? Is this part of the game? Do I have to find sound in this game? Is that a puzzle? <laughs> and then I looked it up, and uh, apparently there was a bug with one of the patches. Now, that's convenient for a game called Cocoon. <laughs> so I had to reinstall it, and that fixed it. And that's fine. Yeah. It's a small game. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool until I got to like a boss fight type thing and then I got irritated and I quit. Yeah, I do think the bosses in that game are a little bit annoying and they can be, but in general, it I feel like I blame myself about some of it because sometimes I just don't have the patience. Like, I know the solution. I know that if I calm down and wait for the patterns and play more conservatively that I would be able to do something about it and, and actually get through. But, you know, it's the same reason that, you know, Souls games are difficult for me in a lot of ways. So. All right. It just wasn't something I expected in the game. Yeah, I will. I will say that um, because of your conversation with Nick about it on the podcast, I did end up buying Limbo and Inside for Steam Deck. To play on the Steam Deck because they were both like a dollar during the Steam sale. Yeah. And I think I'm probably like three quarters or two thirds of the way through Limbo right now. And I haven't touched Inside yet. But um, I feel so dumb when I play those games. (laughs) Because I know that the solution to the puzzles are simple. And I'm just not smart enough to like get them. But then somehow I just like, oh yeah, like it just dawns on me. Like I could, I figured this out. Like, I think it's just part of the cool game design that Play Dead does. And it's not, I mean, I think, I think Cocoon is the best at making you arrive at the genius. Whereas Limbo is very much like, uh, I walked into Spikes and I died. Cool. I'm going to try not to do that again, but I'm going to do it 75 more fucking times before I finish this game. So there's a little bit of like limbo. I feel like teaches you through death 
uh, but Cocoon isn't about that because there's not really death other than the bosses. So I think, uh, I think, you know, another reason for me to like Cocoon more than, uh, say, uh, Limbo. So yeah, I'm just I'm gonna go on Steam and add the Souls like tag to to Limbo and. Uh... <laughs> It's yeah. I mean, even you gotta it, you gotta get good at this puzzle game. <laughs> it makes me think of Spelunky too, because Spelunky is a game where like you learn how you die, and once you know those things, you play the game better. Um, right. So yeah. Cool. Um, this one's likely on someone's list, but Baldur's Gate Three is my number three. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll come we'll back. Skip it then. Brian, Brian, what's, what's your, your number, number three? three? Um, System Shock, which is the remake of the the old System Shock. Yes. Um, but very much in the spirit of that game, stylistically, uh, they really kept the vibe and like just the way the levels are set up, the same kind of. Is pretty cool, but it it it, it look and it has like a pixelated look to certain elements of the game, but other elements look modern and like with really good lighting and all that. And uh, yeah, it's cool, but it it plays more like a modern game for sure. Like it's like <laughs> Minecraft with ray tracing. <laughs> Well, just so, that there were it was convoluted, like the control scheme they had for the original game. But yeah. back then, like when that game came out, like Doom existed and some other games, and there were three D, you know. But like they did not have the option to look up and down, and and original System Shock did. But like the way you had to do it was very like obtuse it was <laughs> like, it was it was not mouse look right it no was, yeah there was no like, mouse you're look. like clicking up and down buttons on the interface yeah it was yeah. like probably i don't know like q and z or something or <laughs> not not even though no it was something no. else because nobody even used wazid yet it was yep. just like something by the arrow keys maybe i don't know uh page down but it was still a cool game back then i played a decent amount of it i never finished the original which is another reason why i wanted the remake i did finish the second game i think maybe more than once uh yeah yeah, it's cool um unfortunately i haven't put that much time into it like a lot of the games on my list Probably this is the game that I decided to put on my list that I put the least amount of time into. Actually, I think it was only over. It was like an hour or two. But I'm like, if I fit, played through all this, this would definitely be in my top, anyways. So here it is. It's on my <laughs> wish I played list because I've never touched that original game. So, all right, my number three is The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. That's how my wish I had played lists, but now I'm glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't have a Switch anymore again. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like they might make an upgraded version for the Switch 2 or whatever, so you might as well wait on it. Um, it's an incredible game. 
the way that they took one of their most popular games and basically like to like they said hey you know how this first game is built on these five abilities well we're gonna throw all those out and we're gonna make up new abilities some of which were just like dev tools that they used to get around the world like the move where you like rocket through a ceiling to get up to the top of whatever that ceiling is was literally just something that they made while they were developing breath of the wild to get places get to places quicker it was like a debug test like a thing that they could use in order to get somewhere and then they're like we're gonna make that a fucking ability in this new game um that's interesting like it's it's like like just gave you the cheat codes you know yeah yeah and that's the thing like literally it's a part of the game is just gluing weapons together like (laughs) if you get frustrated that you're breaking weapons all the time guess what you can pick up a stick and then like put a bokoblin horn on it and it's super it's powerful it's more powerful than like most of some of the weapons that you would get in the first game yeah and so like i feel like it's such an interesting it turns not only does it turn a lot of the old game on its head, but then you add in all of these like Zonai devices that you use to solve the shrines in this game with like different fans and things that you apply power to in order to get them to work or building mm. cars or whatever type of shit that you end up <laughs> making in the game. And it's just fantastic. By the way, this is the only of, of the five that I haven't beaten on my list, but I do plan to go back to it. It's just, it's a lot of game, like John was saying. Um, but it's just a remarkable feat to be able to like it in so many ways. And maybe just breath of the wild is, is a little further back in my mind than I wish it was, but it just feels like a completely new game when everybody was like, Oh, this is the sequel. And they're just going to take the map and let you do things on it again. Like Majora's mask or whatever. It's so much more than that. And it's an incredible job that they did. Um, making this first direct sequel to us to a zelda game so i think uh it's really good um it's my number three game so there's two more games that i liked more than it on my list but uh it's it's very good and uh people should check it out sweet number two john uh my number two is armored core six again another game i wish i played way more of especially because i think jason's beaten it and just mm. talks about how much he loves it, and then started sending me videos of him destroying people in the multiplayer <laughs> mode, and nice. uh, it makes me kind of miss playing it, so I kind of need to go back and do that. Uh, unfortunately, I think he got it on Xbox, and I got it on PlayStation, so we can't mm. play against each other, which would probably make me feel about 22 or 3 all over again, because <laughs> we used to just destroy each other playing Gears of War on 360. Like, mm-hmm. we would go, it would just be he and I, 1v1 multiplayer Gears of War, and it would, I don't remember the name of the map, but there was a map where there was always a sniper rifle in the middle of the map, mm-hmm. and you could rush it and get it, and then as soon as you got Great it, luck. You could, you, maybe it was gridlock, and then you Was there a bunch off. of junked cars? Yeah, I feel like junked cars in like a cityscape like that. Yeah, that yep. sounds about right. And but yeah, you could you rush it, you get it, and then as soon as you get it, you have like seconds to pick off the other person before they can get up on you with the chainsaw. And I just man, we used to have so much fun with that. And I feel like if if we had Armored Core Six to do that again, it would be pretty great. Um, 
so I, I kind of wish I had gotten it on Xbox. But either way, cool game, very like great art direction, very much a classical feeling modern video game in a way. Uh, and and yeah, one that I wish I had spent more time with. Um, like everything else, I feel like a broken record. Um, but yeah, uh, Armor Core Six is my number two. It's on my games that I played list, but it might as well be on the games that I wish I'd played because I really yeah. only beat that like first mission and a half and uh, set it down. So I hope to go back to it someday. Uh, it's on my list of things I wish I had played. Yeah, it, it it's one of the well. That's the thing is like it's so. It is very much a game that has a lot of meta game in it because you get to build mechs and stuff. And I think again, you can you can download other people's builds online using like a code system of some sort, yeah, which is pretty crazy. But um, that's like that's one of those. Like I feel like you would try and min max that, Alex. Like in a way yeah, that it's like it would. Just, you, I I, can, I picture you with like your spreadsheets out, like with all the <laughs> the parts listed and their weights and their power consumption and like and just trying to figure all that out. And there's got to be a configurator online somewhere that somebody's made, but. Um, that's part of the problem is I wish I had the time to min max it and I don't. <laughs> well, and, and part yeah. of it is like unlocking the other parts. Like there are different mm-hmm. ways to get different pieces of the mech and like from different manufacturers in the game and everything. And, and like it's, it can, it'll get overwhelming at some point, but starting out, it's not too bad. And then they, j- like, I got to a point where I was like unlocking like five or six things at a time. And I'm like, well, shit, like, do I buy all of these with my credits or do I just like focus on your build yeah Yeah, and like just just deal with what i have and and get really good at using the the build that i currently am working on but yeah it's that it's a game that can it it gives it'll give you as much as you put into it kind of thing it's very it can be rewarding in that sense um but again it still feels very classic old school uh arcadey um, game, which is a good thing, I think, in this modern day where everybody is like, "Here's an open world and sandbox, and you can do whatever you want. Your dreams are in front of your eyes." Like, <laughs> I don't want that all the time. It's too much game, and Armored Core Six doesn't feel like too much game. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Brian, number two. Uh, this one's bittersweet too. Super Mario Wonder, which now I don't have. Well, I do. I own it digitally, but I can't play it. And I lost my progress because I didn't have Nintendo online. But yeah, cool game. Where's the bum 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 bum? When I got a Switch again, that was the first and only game I bought. Because uh, it seemed like an ideal game to play in handheld mode, which I was stuck with. So, um,. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know we already talked about it before on this podcast. We did. Briefly, yes. Yeah. I want to play more of it. I haven't gone back to it, but I will. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about it, really. Okay. My number two is a game called Chance of Senar. It's an indie game. I talked about it very briefly. It was nominated for Best Indie Game at um, the Game Awards. Um, And it's 
I've heard people describe it as an Oberdin like uh, for those who remember the return of the Oberdin, yes. which we talked about a long time ago. But basically, you are you wake up on a world where people are speaking in pictograms, and you can open up the menu and put a word to the pictogram if you can use the context clues to understand what that word might be. You look at signs, you read books, you talk to people, and you see the pictograms pop up over and over again. And when you when you put a word into that pictogram, it will pop up your guess in the conversation as people talk to you. So you start to be able to kind of cross-reference these pictograms and look at the order of the symbols to understand like, oh, this might be how they do plurals in this language or things like that. And then ultimately in your menu, you'll get a page that shows like different actions or something like that. And you can put the pictograms in place. And if you get a full page, correct, then it will confirm it for you. And once it's confirmed, you can use those confirmations to kind of filter through the rest of your guesses. It's, um, it's an incredible game and there's a really beautiful metaphor to it. And I think more people should check it out. It's, it's an indie. I think it was 20 bucks and I'd say it's worth it. I think it's available pretty much anywhere. And, there's, um, there's a demo on steam. So I might check certainly out. try out the demo at the very least, but, uh, yeah, I just, something about these kinds of like knowledge based games really scratches an itch for me. Um, in the same way, like as soon as I finished this, I went to play the case of the golden idol, which is also very good. Um, and kind of in a similar vein of Oberdin as well. And, um, it's just, it was a great experience playing chance of Sinar and I hope more people check it out. And that's my number two. Okay, <clears throat> well, my number one is Starfield, and it kind of hurts to say that, because just hearing how everyone hates that game so much on the internet now, after they like kind of loved it for a while, just makes me a little bit sad, but I did put a lot of time into it. I didn't beat it, but I feel like I put a lot of time into it, and then I realized like I didn't really do anything or get anywhere, because I would just kept like trying to go through that, all the planets that I was landing on as much as I could. Um, <clears throat> you know, doing the, 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 the Bethesda, like search and see what you find, make your own adventure thing that like Bethesda does. And, um, yeah, ultimately, like, I think it's a really cool game and I like playing it and, uh, I want to play more. And, um, I've been watching a lot of videos. Like I just watched a, it was a, a game ranks video about how like is Starfield Bethesda's worst game or something like that. Some <laughs> title like that. Uh, biggest letdown I think is what it was maybe. Mm. And um, I, I don't know, man, like Bethesda seems pretty proud of that game. And um, when you start hearing and like seeing all of the things that they took out of it, it kind of does make you feel like they let you down. And like, this sounds kind of crazy, but like they they had the game the the fuel mechanic in the game they removed because it made things not fun. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been fucking great, man. Like to to have to like it would have given you a purpose for like actually 
building structures and things on other planets and like making the game more interesting like in certain ways and, and elongating your your process of uh of playing the game in general um forcing taking, you to make dramatic choices and chances right like yeah like if you're in a dog fight and you're about to run out of fuel so you need to like take power away from something your guns or your shields to invest in your engine to get the fuck away you know like things like that like if they would have just done that sort of stuff in general i feel like it would have been we would be having a different conversation about starfield in general but yeah, I, they, I, I don't they, remember. Sorry, I, go ahead. One of one of the places I read a, a, head, a headline that was like, "Space has never felt more safe," and that's basically what you're talking about. It's just like there's no chance to for things to go wrong, and there's always chances for things to go wrong in space. Yes, it it, it they basically just it's like being handed the serenity, and somebody put fucking training wheels on it. You know, mm-hmm. like. I would I wish they would have done that I wish like they needed they need to have a mode it should have been just a mode where like the fuel mattered or something you know what I mean like maybe mm-hmm. there's like a nightmare mode for Starfield or something or you call it the event horizon yeah, hard, mode hardcore the, yeah. hardcore like they did with uh Fallout New Vegas where, sure like, yeah. you have to eat food and shit or you die it, it need they need something like that I and I I think um they, they might add have, that they have a huge update coming in February, supposedly, so maybe that'll like open some doors for that game. But it it got it had a pretty good critical reception, and like people were loving it for a minute, and then all of a sudden everyone hates it. So I feel kind of bad putting it as my number one. It's your <laughs> list, man. It's my list. Like I I enjoy and I want I I think about playing it all the time, but it's it's again it's one of those games very much like Red Dead Two. That I would sit down and I would play it and I'd get so relaxed at the gameplay loop that I would fall asleep playing it. And it's not to say that it was a bad game and that it was boring, but it was just so relaxing to me. And uh, I, I I, mean, maybe I just need to sleep more probably, but <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, Starfield's my number one and it's going to stay that way. And I still, I have my collector's edition that I have not opened. It's still mm. chilling. It's completely virgin like it's nothing i haven't cracked the seal on it nothing like it is perfect and uh i uh i want to bust it out because i want to wear the watch but at the same time like i also read online that the watch falls apart really fast and that makes me kind of sad because the thing was like a lot of money like but i don't know it it's uh i know i sound really down on starfield but it is a lot of fun and uh, i think the thing i like the least about the game is actually like when you're uh when you're doing the temple puzzle, it's not, that's just dumb. It's really <laughs> lame. Yeah. So, yeah. but beyond that, like, it's a cool game. And I just, I wish they would have, I wish they would have let it be dangerous because it doesn't feel dangerous enough. Um, And I think that would have been cool. And I, and I would have been okay with them limiting the scope of how many planets are explorable or whatever, even more than they did. Like, cause you can't explore gas giants, obviously, which someone on the internet was mad about. And it's like, are you fucking stupid? Like, (laughs) what are you going to, are you going to go flow around a gas giant? You fucking idiot. Like (laughs) the gravity on the gas giant would just implode you, you piece of shit. Uh, anyways, uh, the, yeah, I just like, I wish they would have like scaled down the scope of, 
thousands of explorable planets and universes and whatever. And because No Man's Sky already did that. Like, give me like a more limited universe, but let me do more within that universe, mm-hmm. which is essentially what Hello Games is doing with their new game. They're giving you one world and you well, can do fucking everything in it. And it's like, what they used to do, you know, like yeah. it's what Fallout 3 was. It's what Skyrim was. And yes, it was a more limited scope of environment, but it was more freedom and left more choice up to you as a player and everything. And uh, yeah, I think they just stretched themselves a little too thin on it and they could have they, they had had they pumped the brakes a little bit they they would have been able to to like give everybody a, a little bit more of what everyone really wanted out of it but overall I, I i'm hopeful for starfield knowing how much bethesda loves this game and maybe it's just todd howard i don't know but as much as they love this game like i'm hopeful that it will get better over time and i hope people give it that time like they did no man's sky um to to find its way you know so yeah anyways starfield number one for me brian what's your number one i think we already know uh yeah Baldur's Gate three. Oh, who would have thought it was unexpected for me honestly i thought starfield was gonna be it but it i didn't even end up putting it on my list um <laughs> don't get me wrong i there's fun to be had in Starfield. I, I, I will acknowledge that. I did play it again recently, and I'll play it again some more at some point. Um, but Baldur's Gate 3 came out, what, maybe like a month before Starfield? And I kind of wasn't sure I was even going to buy it, but I was just like itching to play something new. Like, I definitely wanted to buy it eventually, but I was like, I don't know. Starfield's going to take over my life. I don't know if I need another game like a month before (laughs) then Baldur's Gate took over my life as much as it could. And, uh, by the time Starfield came out, I like would play Starfield a bit and I'd be like, eh, I want to go back to playing Baldur's Gate. And at some point, like me playing a little bit of Starfield and then some Baldur's Gate just turned into me playing Baldur's Gate all the time again. Um, cause it's just awesome. Like characters are great. Story's great. The world's great. It's D and D fifth edition rules mostly. And, uh, that seems pretty cool too. And, um, like, it's just, I don't know. Everything, everything works and it works and, weird random ways you don't expect it to sometimes. And it's awesome. Like as far as the combat goes and just the way you can approach various situations, it's just so much fun. Like it doesn't get boring. Um, and if it does, you can just switch up your party, try completely different things. Um, yeah, and that's definitely the game I'm probably closest to actually finishing this year. I am in the last act, but I still have a lot to go, I'm sure, uh, if I want to actually explore Baldur's Gate properly. 
Um, but yeah, it's just so cool. I'd really love to play a multiplayer campaign someday, like set aside a night or two and try to do that with the right people. And yeah. Yeah. John, Baldur's Gate number three. It was right. my number three. Um, again, I, I think, uh, I've restarted the game a million times because I can never, and I'm, I have the same issue with my actual D and D group where I feel like I made the wrong <laughs> character. <laughs> uh, because everyone else has all these cool things that they can do or they it, maybe their dice rolls are just better than mine or whatever. But um, yeah, this Baldur's Gate 3 is, is great for uh, many reasons. And I think one of the best, the biggest reasons it's so great is because it does truly feel like an AI powered version of D&D. Like I, it feels like you're playing with a dungeon master. I think I mentioned this before when we talked about it is it, it just feels even when you're not using like the karmic dice or whatever, like if it just feels like you're like the narrative is really well written and, uh, and conveyed and voice acted and everything. And on top of that, all the voice actors are great in general. And so it feels like you're playing with a really dedicated group of D and D players who are really into their characters. Um, and Shout out to my D&D crew, uh, specifically uh, Mark and John that I play with both. They put on voices when they play and it's great. And uh, I tried to do the voice thing for a while originally and it just, it was, it's hard to keep character when you're trying to crack jokes all the time. And uh, it, yeah, I just, I have a hard time taking it all seriously as much as, as much fun as I have doing it. it I But that aside, Baldur's Gate 3 is great because it feels like D&D truly does. And it's cool to see it um, with beautiful graphics, uh, with a, a a great interface that feels good. Um, I love the turn-based combat that works for me so much better than the original way Baldur's Gate had its combat. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, but I think a lot of people are into the strategy style, like tactical sort of... Um, games it's interesting to have one that isn't like percentage based necessarily or like environment like a completely environmentally based like a an XCOM or a mario vs Rabbids style but one that is solely based on chance using dice rolls like that is really a different take on it i feel but it works and it works really well and when it's wrapped in such a beautiful package that was cared about and and nurtured into this amazing product like it just yeah they they knocked it out of the park it's it's an awesome experience um and again i think the pandemic brought a lot of people into dungeons and dragons because it gave them something to do like over zoom or discord or whatever um and so it just it it got this huge um audience to pick it up that wouldn't normally have played uh, that sort of game, which is it explains its massive um, appeal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Baldur's Gate three, great game for sure. That's on two of our top fives. Nice. Alex, That's my number one. Yours is Alan Wake two. Alan Wake two. Yep. Maybe it would have been my number one if I had played it, but I haven't. It's a it's a masterpiece. Like more I, so than control, like control is a masterpiece through and through. Like, see, here's the thing 
<clears throat> and maybe I that think... speaks more to just remedy in general. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> to me, it's a little bit apples and oranges. And I'll tell you why, because Alan Wake two is very much, it feeds into the survival horror that I like so much. Yeah. And the universe is very interesting, but it's not like I have all these dead letters to pick up and read. I mean, you get manuscript pages that Alan has written, and I think they're very well-written in the sense of, like, schlocky pulp writer writing. Like, it's it's kind of purposefully written bad in a way in some cases. (laughs) And other times it's written very well, but um, all of that stuff is really great. I do still like the lore behind Control so much more, I think. Yeah. It's just so much bigger to me. Alan Wake is very focused. And it's an event in the universe of Control. So it's kind of like... That's what intrigues me so much more about both of the games is the fact that like they are one in the same in a way. It's it's an additive experience, I will say, and it's uh, I do think it delivers on that. And uh, as soon as I finished this game, I was like, "Please give me Alan Wake three and Control two tomorrow. I want both of them right now. I just want to play them both." Um, I don't think there's any other developer making such a multi-faceted multimedia presentation in the way that remedy does between the music that they're selecting the writing that they're doing the stories that they're showing the integration of full motion video the way that they have such perfect parity between character actor like actors and the character models and um not only that, but like it just feels like it's so spot on with the level of like Twilight Zone and X Filesiness that and Twin Peaksiness that they are they were going for with Alan Wake One. It's a thousand percent better in Alan Wake Two in in my in my opinion, and um, it just feels like such a fully realized vision, like. Cocoon was incredible for an indie team. I think Alan Wake 2 is an accomplishment for a team of hundreds of people like Remedy is. It's just that good that I it's it's hard to believe that someone that a team of people could create a game this good in my opinion. And um and it's it's incredible. Everybody needs to play Alan Wake too. Would you say that Sam Wake is like the Finnish Hideo Kojima? (laughs) I think he's better than Hideo Kojima because he's just like, he, he seems like the coolest fucking dude that you could ever hang with. And like, you know, pour one out for James McCaffrey, the, the voice actor of Max Payne. And I don't um, know if you saw, but Hideo Kojima just hung out with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Like what? Like, which is pretty fucking cool, man. I don't care. Here's the thing is that like, when you look at the cast of people that appear in these games between, um, James McCaffrey and, uh, the the woman who plays Jesse Faden was also a character in Quantum Break, and 
Matthew Peretta, who is the voice of Alan and is the voice and actor for Dr. Casper Darling in Control. Everybody here, uh, 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 James McCaffrey was not only Max Payne in those original Max Payne games, he's also Director Trench in Control. Everybody wants to come back and work with them because they fucking rule. And I think there's just such a confidence and clarity of what they're making in so many ways, especially post control, you know, quantum break. I think everybody can agree was rough, but the ideas that they're arriving at and the way that they're incorporating everything. um, Yeah. That that was almost like a prototype for what came after a thousand percent. It's like the, the powers that you use in quantum break certainly almost one-to-one in a lot of ways transfer to control uh, without a doubt and, and then on top you, of that was there ever a determination as to whether or not quantum break is also in the same universe because the game feels like something that would be part of the control like AWEs well, let me tell you, and blah 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 sean ashmore who's the main character in quantum break is a character in alan wake 2 and he plays a character named tim breaker <laughs> like time breaker quantum break like wow. he's, he's like so and not only that but also fucking sam lake dude this there's dude. a character <laughs> there's a character who's more central in the game called warland door who is played by an actor who's very much he does great things and he's a great actor but he's very much um a lance reddick like and Lance Reddick played somebody named Hatch in Quantum Break, and this guy's last name is Door. So <laughs> it's all, all of it is swirling together Man, in this like, beautiful that, confluence of, of a universe. And that like, kind of shit just gives me goosebumps, man. I love that stuff. That's so good. That's so good. It's beautiful. And, uh, and Alan Wake 2, I think, delivers. Like, I think, I think it is good to have the context of the past games, and I think. Um, but it is like, I can't recommend anybody go play Alan Wake one, but I do think there's very good summaries out there that will get you up to speed. I know. Yeah, I mean, played even the remaster. Sam Wake said, don't better. play the first game. Just watch this video or whatever. Right. He did the thing for yes. IGN. It's a completely different experience. Like two is a very completely different game than what one was. And it feels like it is delivering on the promise of what Alan Wake one wanted to be. And so right. I think, um, you know, Alan Wake two incredible game and uh you know we haven't done i don't think we've done the like what's our podcast pick for game of the year what would we award it to um but you know if either of you guys had played alan wake 2 i would be fighting against Baldur's gate to get it that's, <laughs> to, that's the I thing is it'd I, be an uphill battle but <laughs> I, I feel like had we played it we probably would have been in agreement that like it is the game of the year because we all felt the same way about control as yeah. soon as we played it and we all played it at different times but we all came to the same conclusion on our own independently that this game is clearly something special mm-hmm. so um I, I mean, yes, if we're if we're going off of who had the same game like on their list, like Baldur's Gate 3 takes the cake for the game, yeah. the game nerds game of 2023, I suppose. But um, I, I I like just everything I know about Alan Wake 2 would make me just give it game of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I, it feels that way. It feels right to me in, in that sense. 
So I wish it was a physical release because I'd be passing it off to either of you. Like I can't the, imagine the, the that they, they're they're gonna ha- keep it digital only. They they got to do some kind of steel book something or other. Like I would fancy buy it pants. immediately. Yeah, I, I think. I, I mean, that's honestly like with with the way media is going and physical media kind of disappearing it's making me sadder and sadder every time it, it happens i kind of wish they would do something like it's it's a kind of part of the reason i wanted the starfield collector's edition is because i feel like i've been just buying games online all this time and i knew it came with a key you know it was going to be yeah. like but it the, the keys written on a credit stick which is kind of cool like you know like that's pretty sweet i don't know that's but, fun yeah anyways uh yeah, Alan Wake Two uh, is it's on my games. I wish I played and and uh, part of the reason I didn't was because I felt like I needed to go back through and and understand Alan Wake One and possibly play Control again, which I did start playing and just again time. What is time? Mm-hmm. I need my yep. own quantum break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I I I I'm sure Alan Wake Two would have ended up being our game of the year. I, I mean, I think Baldur's Gate three certainly is a formidable opponent in in the ring, and 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 it comes down to very much the types of games that you like to play. But um, I think I think it's a, it Alan Wake would be in good company with with a game of the caliber of Baldur's Gate as well. So well, and there's there's both so distinctly different games. Mm-hmm. In general, having not even played Alan Wake two, I can I can tell I can I know it is like. Yeah. Um you know, so having two distinctly different games hold such high regard, I think is, is it speaks a lot to both of them. So For sure. So games that we does anybody have a game that they wish they played most? Like Brian, what's what's the one on your list of games that you wish you'd played that like if you could hit pause on the time and before you made your list, what would you want to go and play? Alan Wake three, two. I mean, two. Yeah, <laughs> he just quantum wrote, broke and went I into wrote the future. Three, I wrote three in my notes. <laughs> I was just reading that. I'm like, oh, whoops. I wish I played that one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's the question you're asking, Alan Wake two is also my answer to that question. I want to run through the lists real quick too, if if we can. But um, the only one that I that really comes across on my list. I wish that I spent any amount of time playing Remnant Two. I um, played a little bit of it actually. I just beat Remnant One this weekend. Oh wow! Um, and I felt just about as accomplished as I did when I beat Elden Ring. And I beat Remnant One solo. Like I didn't. I wasn't playing with. Okay, a group so you of haven't people. played any Remnant Two. I have not yet. Did no. you download it on Game Pass? I did, and I also bought it on PS5, so okay. I'm ready anyway. <laughs> Brian, did you downloaded it too, right, on Game Pass? Yeah, I just played, like, the tutorial part. Yeah, That's about like, it, I but the tutorial's way better than it is in the first game. I've, I've played through the <laughs> tutorial, and I'm on, like, the first, like, fetch quest mission thing that they give you, and so maybe I'll hold off until the three of us can put some like put a day together to to play it would be fun to play together because it's you can play it as like a three group right yeah it's a three person squad yeah Yeah. Um, so we should we should do that that would be that would be cool yeah no i'm down um but yeah what else what else did you wish you you had played um 
other games on my wish I'd played list. I mean, I just went through the year. Uh, I'm really sad it was on my most anticipated. I wanted to play Horizon Call of the Mountain and any of the VR stuff on my list. Also, Resident Evil Village VR, Resident Evil 4 VR. Have not had the time, uh, have not borrowed the headset or slash partly invested in the headset with John to, to be able to do that. I don't, did um, I even did I pay you for that? I don't even remember. You did. Yeah, okay. you did. You did. Um, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivors, another one on my list. Oh, I really yeah. want to. I, I have a copy of it. I just didn't uh, find I, any time to play it. Oh, really? Okay. So that's certainly. I, I thought list. I was going to get a copy of it for Christmas and I didn't. And then mm-hmm. I was going to buy one. And then, well, Christmas vacation is just wasn't a vacation so i didn't yeah. play anything or buy anything i wanted i didn't even buy a steam game on sale this year that's like the first time in probably like a decade yeah well at this point you've bought all of them anyways right and you just don't <laughs> no, play them, there's so. still a lot more my wish list is very oh yeah very i'm sorry large. sex with hitler <laughs> <laughs> yeah and sex with hitler too my bad <laughs> ravenous devils dlc yeah, um, what was the other one? It was uh, uh, Zoe, my hentai sex doll, or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sludge Life Two came out this year, and I wish yep. I played any of it. I have not. Um, I played, I think, half of it. RoboCop Rogue City, I really want to check out, and um, Sea of Stars is the last one that like is on my list. Is like a really big. Um, blind spot it's uh was a game pass and playstation plus whatever the fuck extra or essential i can't even remember which tier um but they released it on on there and it's a jrpg that a lot of people have uh liked quite a bit so um spiritual successor to um chrono trigger i believe is what they've been saying yeah that's what i've heard as well um but yeah, what I about know. you guys? Anything Brian, else on your wish you played? Wish you played list. Um, the other ones, I think I've already mentioned them as we've gone through, and you guys have actually played a lot of them. But the uh, the only other one is uh, I didn't know it even came out, but there was a Jagged Alliance three. Mm. Uh, I think it came out earlier in the year and I was like looking at it and it looked really fun and it's like a tactical game. Uh, I told Ricky about it and he bought it like right away. I was like, this looks like a game you'd like. And that's like mostly what he's been playing. I say that's all I've seen him weeks. playing lately. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's that a ringing endorsement. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I should pick that up too at some point. I pretty much since I'm just taking like the the more uh, restrained approach lately and just buying games when they're on sale and I think I actually have time to play them. That's but, very uh, responsible of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like broke or anything. Like I had to work a bunch of overtime and whatever, but it's just, I don't know. I need to save money, so. Yeah. Yep, and I, and waste money on things I don't want. Apparently, yeah, like more food because a bunch of it went bad because we lost power, and I'm an idiot and didn't take it out of the freezer. That's okay. 
She, I was gonna, like, when Megan told me about that, I was like, they should have just stuck everything outside, like, instantly. <laughs> I stuck, I stuck everything in the fridge outside. The stuff it in was the freezer fucking, seemed it fine. It was fucking zero degrees outside, man. <laughs> I know, but, yeah, whatever. Anyway, that's besides the point. Everything fucking sucks. Like, it's, it's true. suck on more suckiness all the time lately, so I'm just over it. I thought yep. my fucking computer died today, but apparently it's fine. Yeah, but no, you're good. good. It's it works for now. Um, John, games, anything on your list? Yeah, games I wish I played: Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Ghostwire Tokyo, Redfall, Final Fantasy 16, Exo Primal, Liza P, Robocop, Alan Wake Two. Like, I mean, all pretty heavy hitters. I think, except Redfall was one that kind of got shit-canned pretty hard, and everybody was disappointed with Ghostwire Tokyo to some extent. <laughs> I forgot uh, I even played Redfall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's another game I think will probably get better over time Yeah, at, at some point, if they I give it that. I don't know if it's going to get good enough. Yeah. Just give me Blade. Yeah. 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 For real. Just give, give us... The- Rinse my mouth at that game. Rinse <laughs> yeah. my mouth with blood. <laughs> I thought about playing Deathloop again, actually. Cause I think because I was just so disappointed in Redfall. I was like, oh, yeah, Deathloop was really fun. I could play that again. Yeah, that keeps popping up on sale, too. I've been meaning to grab it when when I see it on the cheap. You can borrow it, I think. I have, I'm pretty sure I have a physical copy for PS5. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Um, honorable oh. mentions, uh, things I wish I had played more more on on top of the things I also already wish I played more of Dead Island 2 I wish I put more time into Forgot uh, and, that Re- came and WrestleQuest like because <laughs> WrestleQuest was so ridiculous when I tested it out and I was like this is so dumb but awesome like all at once <laughs> um, but yeah Dead Island 2 for sure because I love the first Dead Island and I'm a big fan of um, Dying Light and Dying Light 2 is another one that I wish I had spent more time with as well uh, which is my ongoing theme. So, uh, those those are my honorable mentions. Uh, the other one I was going to maybe throw in there too was going to be Sludge Life because I wish I had finished it. Uh, Sludge Life Two, that is. But uh, I put that down as my best indie title. So yeah, I had uh, sixteen games that I like noted down of what I played that was released this year. I don't know that I'd call any of the five, the any of the other eleven honorable mentions because I don't think they need to be in my top five. You know, yeah. Um, really, the only other one that I feel any amount of like I should mention is maybe Spider-Man Two, but it's it's just it's very good and it's a great game. Like I didn't that was even my think example about that. Like I'm all around I, good now- game. Now that I think about it, like that's, I'm surprised it's not on your list, but it's just not, it's nothing that I didn't already know it was going to be is kind of the way that I feel about it. Like, Um, like God of War Ragnarok kind of is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think I came around more on God of War Ragnarok, honestly, like, and that was something that was missing from my list last year and probably would have made it. Yeah. Um, after the experience I had with that game, but um, but no, you're right. It, it's it's more of what we knew before with prettier graphics and, and some interesting abilities, but still very much the same game that the first game was. So, right. 
Any other honorable mentions, Brian? Nah. <laughs> All right. Uh, best free game. Hi-Fi Rush. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing all this. We're not, we don't really have to. Well, I just Starfield's want, I, my honorable mention. Sorry, my bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I just threw these together really quick because I wanted to, but uh, I'll just do them real fast now, too. Anyways, best free game, Hi-Fi Rush, because I didn't pay for it. It was on Game Pass. Biggest letdown, Atomic Heart. It's not free, a huge let time to me. Um, best ongoing game, Marvel Snap, even though I fucking hate it. <laughs> Best indie title, Sludge Life 2. Most infuriatingly, infuriatingly fun game. I don't have one of those. Uh, we'll just give that to Limbo. Um, most infuriating <laughs> game is The Light Brigade, uh, which is a PSVR uh, Souls-like shooter. Um, and it was... Like, it looked awesome in the trailers, and like the training missions to like learn how to play it were cool, but when you actually start playing the mission in the game... It felt impossible, like mm-hmm. more so than any Dark Souls I've ever played in my life. <laughs> um, and that may have to do with the VR setting of it. Uh, best example of an all-around good game, I just had to give it to Armor Core 6 because I feel like there's no other game that deserves that title. Um, and then games they didn't get or we didn't get, overrated, underrated, I don't really have any of those, I suppose. Because um, th- I feel like everything this year felt pretty properly rated for the most part. So, I'll run through mine. Best free game, Puzmo. I don't know if you guys have heard of Puzmo yet. It's nope. the internet's games page, like from the newspaper, crosswords and things like that. Okay. You should check that out. Biggest letdown, Mortal Kombat 1. Ouch. Uh, I wish it stuck with me more than it did, unfortunately. Best ongoing game I gave to Remnant 1. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck Marvel Snap. Uh, I'm not that angry about it. I don't really care. Best indie title I gave to Tron Identity. Um, it's a fun game, but it's not enough of a game to me, I think, to like okay. make it on my top five. But I still enjoyed it. I want more Tron. Please give it to me. Infuriatingly fun, I put both Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 because they're very good at like the you don't have enough ammo, but we're going to give you just enough in the right time. And I find that (laughs) horrifying and also exhilarating. Yeah. Um, infuriating game. I put down Starfield because I just wish I want, I I wanted to play it more. I wish I cared, but I don't, um, all around good game with Spider-Man two game. They didn't get, I put down chance of Sinar. I've heard people talking about it on like giant bomb, but I wish more people knew about it. And then game I didn't get, as really Baldur's Gate 3, and I do get it. It's just not my jam. Uh, yeah, it doesn't get you. Yes, sure. So, all right, 2023. Well, yes. lots of good games. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of really good games. And uh, I I didn't pick like uh, I didn't make a list of most anticipated for this year because honestly I don't know what the fuck's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I think we can do that for in the coming another, weeks. Another episode. I'm very excited to play the Prince of Persia game that is out now for Ubisoft Plus. That has yeah. piqued my interest for sure. I've heard a lot of good things about that. I was gonna but... buy it outright for Steam Deck, but I might just pay the pay the seventeen ninety nine or whatever for. 
a month of Ubisoft and hope I can beat it before that month is up. <laughs> I've heard it's very Metroid-y. So. Yes. Yes, please. Yep. So we will save that for another episode then. Um, but yeah, you can uh, find all the places. You can listen to the show at MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You could subscribe for as little as $1 a month. I'll keep our shows alive and well. Check it out. MPN.BZ slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to join the Patreon is to get early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. SideQuests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. If you didn't make a top five, maybe you should, and send it to us, and we'll read it next time top uh, for 2023. Or, or tell us what you're most excited about for the next year, for 2024. Video games or not, otherwise. You tell, know? Me about, tell me about the top five appetizers you had this year. But specifically from TGI Fridays, nowhere else. Like, <laughs> we want to know what is your top five TGI Friday appetizer list. Or, you know, Chi-Chi's. Are there any Chi-Chi's around still? Oh, damn, I wish. I don't even... I think we only ate at Chi-Chi's like one time as a family. Yeah, I don't know why that came up in my brain, but it did. There was one by Oakland Mall, wasn't there? I but think that's so. the one that we ate at like one by, time. By the, by the, <laughs> yeah. the shake and steak and shake. Steak and shake. Did it take yeah. over the Bob Evans or whatever? Was it Bob? Was Bob Evans Chi Chi's no, before Bob it was Evans Bob is Evans? also there, no. I think. Chi Chi's was in like the parking lot of Oakland Mall. We don't that's need what to I do thought. this. We don't. Yeah. We can. <laughs> this is the side, side quest, quest right We're now. Burning side quest material. <laughs> Remember Chi-Chi's guys? <laughs> yeah, it's a Chi-Chi's retrospective. <laughs> I remember when you would uh, embarrass people when it was on their birthday, and they'd they come out and sing, or like Red Robin, like do the mm-hmm. same thing. I don't know. I went to Red Robin like once, and that was enough for me. Yeah, the fries were too big for your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, it's like all you can eat. I can only eat one. One fry. <laughs> it's like eating it's like him eating a whole potato with just one steak fry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look forward to our future episodes with our most anticipated for twenty twenty four. And then uh, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening. Peace.